Takashi69 is out of jail due to the coronavirus. A conspiracy theorist takes one for the team trying to expose the truth. Trying to wake up the sheeple. And then we travel to Pensacola, Florida. To meet a man with a bizarre tale. Is it true that one night him and his friends went deep sea diving? And instead, a creature came from the depths to kill them one by one. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. We got a ton of stuff to cover, so we're going to kind of get started here. First off, tomorrow night, Friday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we're going to do the movie club. I've been talking about this all week. I'm currently doing that Shutter.com special. If you use the promo code SHUTIN, S-H-U-T-I-N, you get 30 days free. I'm not sponsored by them. I just really like the service. The movies that I watched this week that we're going to discuss tomorrow are The Room, the horror movie version. They shouldn't have named it that. The Room, the horror movie version. One Cut of the Dead. Soul Station. It's an anime. Most of these are foreign, actually. Mandy, the Nicolas Cage movie Mandy. And then Train to Busan. I rewatched it again today. So there's going to be the five movies we're going to discuss tomorrow on YouTube, live streaming. Check out my YouTube channel. If you haven't seen those movies, I'm going to go completely into spoilers on that live stream. And I'm going to upload the live stream to the podcast as well. I'll probably upload that uh, Sunday. So I'll be discussing spoilers. And all of these movies are super spoilery. Like all of them, you really don't want to know anything about them until you watch them. So I recommend watching those. All those movies are available on Shudder. They're also available. You can rent them. Check them out on other venues as well. You don't have to use Shutter. It's just free right now if you use that promo code. And again, I'm not sponsored by them. So check out those movies tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Come to talk with me about them on live stream. And again, all of them, oh, all of them have some amazing twists and turns in them. So um, join me tomorrow night for our thing. I I said I wanted to do more live streaming during... This whole shutdown thing. But then I was like, I, I'm not a huge fan of live streaming unless there's some sort of structure. When it's just me live streaming and being like, uh, so what do you guys want to talk about? It's like an awkward date, me and 50 people. And I think things go better when we have some sort of structure. So we'll do that. Like the th- the live stream Thanksgiving episodes, one of my favorite episodes. I actually have never listened back to it, but my memories of it were really fun. And then the Halloween one was pretty cool, too, where I was showing you around my town. But anyway, so yeah, we'll see how this movie thing goes. Let's go ahead and get started. We got a ton of stuff to talk about today. First off, and this is just breaking news. I just found this as I was getting ready to record. I just read this about five minutes ago. Takashi 69 is out of jail. Now, Takashi 69 if you don't know him, is an idiot, right? Now, I don't talk trash about a lot of people on this show unless they're, like, some sort of weird cult leader or some sort of, like, just disgusting serial killer or whatever. Takashi 69 is is an idiot. He's an idiot. He was originally came on my radar. You know, I'm a big rap fan, but I'm not a fan of, like, this newer type of rap. He's more of, like, a SoundCloud rapper. That's kind of where he made his bones. And now he's huge. He's doing songs with Nicki Minaj and stuff like that. But he came into my... Vision, because I'm reading the newspaper, and he gets um, he gets charged with like production of child pornography, 
this rapper. Now, when I was a kid, back in my day, the gangster rappers I listened to, maybe they'd catch like a murder charge and get off like Snoop Dogg did. Maybe they might have some connection. Maybe there's like two levels down, someone's dealing coke out of like the, the record management's office. But this dude, I don't know what it is with kids these days. This guy gets busted for being part of this. This dude was banging a 13-year-old. And he was like in the background being like, yo, what's up? What's up, dude? Throwing up a gangster. Come on, guys. Anyways, he, he walks because he's rich. Anyways, like that's an ass whooping, right? If you ever are at a party and some dude's making a move on a 13-year-old, in my, back in my day, <laughs> you, that, that was an ass whooping. Anyways, he walks on that. And then he gets swept up in this giant Rico charge thing about a year or two ago. For, he gets caught up with this, to, with, I mean, come on, dude. All gangs in, it really are just kind of scary in general. There was a gang called the Smurfs. I profiled them. They're not too scary, but Nine Trey Gangster Bloods. He's running with these guys, and he liked it because it gave him some street cred, right? Because he's this young dude. He's like 23 years old. He's this young dude. What a but a boop, but a but a boop, but. That's pretty much every song he's ever recorded. And then he has like 10 giant black dudes in the back of every video. They're all blood. So it gave him some credibility when he was coming up in the game. They used him because he was popular. He had a lot of money. And whenever they wanted to move stuff, he had private jets and everything like that. So it was a it was a plus plus, a symbiotic relationship between the two. Well, then the FBI wrapped them all up. They arrested this kid, this 23-year-old wannabe thug, and then a bunch of real thugs. And what happened was exactly what the FBI thought was going to happen. He turned really, really quickly on him. Now, me personally, my personal view on the quote-unquote snitching, if you witness a crime and you're not involved in that crime and you have no, if you see like a shooting or a mugging or something like that, I think you can step forward and say, hey, that guy did that. I would say use better judgment if you see a bunch of gangsters doing it and you know that your life or the lives of your loved ones will be in jeopardy. Kind of weigh that. And I know people may not agree with that, but that's just from my own personal experience. If you see, like, organized crime activity and it's not too serious, you just may be like, and that's what I've done in the past. But anyways, the point is, is that if you see just one dude mugging someone, yeah, tournament. I don't consider that snitching, but if I'm working in a criminal enterprise and we all get caught and then to lessen my penalty, that's snitching. That's being a snitch. To me, there's one thing between being a concerned citizen and being like, hey, I don't think that's right. What's going on? And calling authorities. To me, that's not snitching. And I know some people think that is, but I don't think it is. But if I'm caught and you're caught and it's that prisoner's dilemma thing and I want to get out, that's straight up snitching, dude. So not only was Takashi 6 9 I, okay, being in a child porn video is way, way worse than being a snitch. But the first one's probably not going to get him killed. Second one might, because he ended up getting these other two guys really long prison sentences. Cor uh, Corona 6ix9ine. Takashi 6ix9ine has been in a private prison basically since, because the danger is so real to him. And he has a really bad asthma, so he finally was, he was freaking out this whole time. And he goes, please, please, please let me out. I gotta get back on the streets where I'm safe. And the judge is probably like, uh, yeah, yeah, Takashi 69. Yeah, it's real safe out there. But they did. They just let him go. So technically, he's under house arrest or he's going somewhere. They didn't reveal where. 
But when this is all over, he's supposed to report back to jail. But he only has... He only got like a four-year sentence. And I guess he's like halfway through that or something like that. So... Anyways, it, that is the, I get it. Listen, dude, I have friends in prison. I have a really close friend in prison right now. And I feel really bad for him because, you know, he doesn't have that opportunity. You know, they're running out of soap and stuff like that. You know, I, I'm blessed where I'm at where, you know, I can wash my hands. I have ample food supply and stuff like that. I can close my place off. I feel really, really blessed that I'm in the position I'm in at the time that I'm in this position. My buddy, you know, he's in... Uh, prison he's in california prison right now and i think geez like but you know you know he's not really in that risk structure he's a lot younger than me he's a lot more fit than i am but still i worry about him you know i worry about him but my buddy isn't at risk of getting murdered by a group of people known as the nine tray gangsta bloods so, Takashi 69 listen, man, I don't wish the coronavirus on anybody at all. I'm not even going to make a joke about that. But, dude, you're, you're in some serious danger. I think you probably had a better chance in jail, honestly. But, whew. talk about, uh, talk about, uh, uh, what is it, the rock on the hard place, man. Coronavirus in a jail cell. You might not get that. Or, and he's from New York. So I think he's like, awesome, I'm going to go back to New York City. I haven't read a newspaper in three weeks. Or ever, because I'm illiterate. I'm a literate idiot. And he's walking into the city. Why is everything so quiet? Hmm, this is weird. Better just go home. I don't know, dude. I don't know. So anyways, that's the, that's the story of Takashi 69 We will see what comes of that. That's pretty dangerous. Let's go ahead and move on to our next story. Now, our next story, again, I just came across it yesterday. This is all breaking news. I had a kind of different stories planned for today. Uh, opening stories, at least. The ending story I've been working on for a while. is a long. It was a request from a long time ago. It was a really good story. But anyways, let's go ahead and we are traveling to... Los Angeles. So let's hop in. I got her. I got a complaint the other day from Priscilla Kills on YouTube. She says, "How come you don't use the other vehicles anymore?" I, I, they have been in the garage lately. I'll make up some backstory for why. But let's hop in the Jason Jalopy. We are driving. You're like Jason. Can we please take the helicopter? There's a pandemic everywhere. Let's hop in the Jason Jalopy. And there now. There's a roof and the windows are rolled up. It's really nice air conditioning. We are driving from. Wherever Takashi 69 was, we're driving from a federal prison because we don't know where he was at. It was a private prison. It was unlisted. That's how risk, that's at how risk this guy's life is. The, the, the government was hiding him because he was a federal witness. So they do have to like kind of take care of him for a bit, but they still sentenced them. And then they're like, okay, you want to go, go out the door, dude. He's, his face is covered in tattoos of the number 6-9. He's incredibly right. Anyways, okay. I. Anyways, anyways. Let's go ahead. We're leaving behind this undisclosed location. We're driving out to Los Angeles. This just happened March 31st. I'm honestly surprised this isn't a bigger news story, but I think it's because everything else that's going on. There's a lot, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. Takashi 6-9 is the lead story of the day. March 31st, 2020. We're, at, we're driving down to the port of Los Angeles in Los Angeles. So right now, the United States, it's the USNS, which I believe stands for United States Navy Ship. 
which is kind of weird because aren't they all Navy ships? You don't have like Air Force boats, right? I know the Navy has its own, the Marines has its own Air Force of helicopters. And I think the Navy actually has its own Air Force as well. I don't think the Air Force, like the Air Force can land on, it's not like the Navy's like, ah, you can't use our aircraft carriers. And the planes are like, oh, come on, we're going to run out of fuel. Uh, 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 only Navy guys can land here. Air Force is like, I should have joined the Navy as their planes crash. I'm sure they coordinate, but I think the Navy also has its own planes. I don't know. I know know so little about so many different things. It's mind-boggling. I know just enough. I know just enough. Anyway, so the Air Force... No, no, the Navy. The U.S. Is it the U.S. Navy ship? Maybe it's like U.S. Nurses Station? Because it's a medical ship. It's only nurses, though. No doctors. Doctors are like, can I come on board? They're like, "Mm -mm mm-mm-mm. Oh, no. Anyway, so... USNS Mercy. It's a medical ship. Now, it's being brought in because of the coronavirus thing. Now, what's a lot of people get confused. It's not for coronavirus patients. It's for broken legs. It's for car accidents. It's for everything else. You having heart trouble? You're going to go to the boat. You have anything wrong with you that's not coronavirus related because they don't want to just spread the infection. Hospitals are getting outfitted with all their stuff. They're getting all their PPE ventilators they're getting all that stuff the boat is for everything else so you get a car accident you're headed to the mercy but there's a man named eduardo moreno he's 44 years old i always think it's funny when people older than me do stupid stuff because i think you're an idiot like i know better you should too you should too anyways 44 years old he runs a train he's like a train guy he's a train conductor And he's riding this train one day. He's like driving the train. Whatever the term is, right? He's in the the thing of the train. The the engine room. The control room is what I meant to say. Whatever. You know. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? I don't think he's the conductor. Isn't the conductor the dude who just has a little blue hat and he goes like, tickets, please? Or is that the ticket guy? Like, whenever I think of the conductor, I think of, like, just the dude in a suit. Who's the guy who actually drives it? Like, would you call him a driver? Anyways, the point is, is that Eduardo Moreno is the only, to be fair, he's the only guy on this train. He's the only guy on this train at the time. So it really doesn't matter what his title is. But he works at the train yard, and something's been bugging him for weeks. Oh my god. I know something's not right about this whole USNS Mercy thing. This doesn't make sense. He's walking around his house, his wife is just trying to sit there watch television it doesn't make sense something's not right we're we're being contained in our own houses and 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 that just doesn't make sense and then this boat pulls up something's not right (sighs) something's not right he's driving to work i don't get it oh my god something's not right trying to figure it out he's eating soup i don't get Mm, delicious soup but still doesn't make sense why would the boat be here wait Oh, he's trying to sleep. Dodger Stadium. Dodger Stadium! He wakes up in the middle of the night. So, this day, March 31st, he's driving. That's not an exaggeration, honestly. On March 30, Allegedly, though, I have to say that. <laughs> we'll get to all this. On March 31st, he's driving this train. He has been obsessed with what's going on. And all of us have, to a certain point. I've really pulled back. Because I sometimes... I'm starting to get, like, too scared 
I, then I just started reading headlines and I've been fine. It was when I was clicking on, I realized this. I go to two websites now for all my news, Fox News and CNN.com. Because Fox News has all the good news. And CNN.com has all the horrifying news. So in between the two, I can kind of find what's actually happening. Fox News is all about like cures and how the economy is going to come roaring back and all this stuff. And then CNN is like, today a baby deer died of COVID-19. Here's footage of people more. And I'm like, I don't want to see that. I want to, I mean, I do want just the good news. But I know, like, I kind of need a little bit in the middle. Those two websites I go to. But but CNN, I click on, I just kind of scan the headlines and they're like, did you know that Frosty the Snowman melted today? Because it's like, dude, yeah, I get it. There's going to be outliers. There's going to be really scary stuff that's going on with this thing. I kind of just want, like, general news. But Fox News is too much like, it's it's going to, it's right around the corner, guys. Just keep on waiting. So, and I kind of need more of that cheery thing. But anyway, so that's where I go for my news. I stopped going to most news sites. I really stopped reading a lot of stuff. But this guy, Eduardo Moreno, believes he hasn't figured out. See, he's obsessed, but on a different level. He's not obsessed so much about the health ramifications or the economic ramifications, which are my two big concerns. He's concerned about the conspiracy. Dun, dun, dun. Now, it doesn't specifically say what conspiracy theory he believes in. I did a lot of reading on this. I was trying to figure out if it was QAnon some people, I, I've seen people pop up that this has to do with 5G, that we actually, there is no coronavirus, this is the effects of 5G technology, the beams going through our body, uh, it actually has the same symptoms as coronavirus. Jorge on YouTube actually pointed out that there's a conspiracy theory that while we are all locked in, they're building 5G everywhere. Like, this was all just a ruse to get us to hide so they can put 5G towers everywhere. So, there's a whole 5G, the phone, I'm talking about 5G, like the phone towers. You know, your cell phone right now is like 3G or 4G. 5G is the new one. The waves are supposed to be much smaller. I did a whole episode on it a while back. It's complete nonsense. But anyways, I was really hoping I could figure out which conspiracy theory he believed in. But I couldn't. But it doesn't matter. Because he decided to take action. He's running that train. And he's just, it's actually just a normal day at work for him on March 31st. But then he eventually gets interviewed by the FBI. So if you don't know this story, you're like, here's a little flash forward to you. You're like, what you do? Just tell me what happens. Why do you have such bizarre story structure? He's getting interviewed, flash forward, when he's getting interviewed by the FBI. And they ask him, did you plan this? And here's his quote. Here's his quote. I don't know. Sometimes you just get a little snap and, man, it was freaking exciting. I just had it and I was committed. I just went for it. I had one chance. Unquote. So he didn't have like a mental breakdown. He was just focused. He, this thing was going through his head all this time. And this boat, the USNS Mercy, is at the end of his railroad track. Destiny? Destiny that put him on that train on that day. Now, it's not like the train track went into the sea. The train track ended, and then, you know, probably about 300 some odd yards away from the train track is the boat. Train's coming. Chugga, 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 chugga. Here's another quote from his interview afterwards. Quote, you only get this chance once. The whole world is watching. I had to. People don't know what's going on here. Now they will. At night, 
They turn off the lights and don't let anyone in. I'm going to expose this to the world. When was the last time you went to Dodger Stadium? We might not be able to go again. Chugga, 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 chugga. The train's getting closer to the end of the line. Chugga, chugga, chugga. <laughs> train derails, smashes through a concrete barrier. Dust and rock going everywhere. Sparks, I guess that wasn't in the newspaper, but I'm assuming shooting everywhere. The train is sliding to a stop, slides to a stop 250 yards from the USNS Mercy boat. Now, at the same time, <laughs> there's the same time, as if things aren't complicated enough, at the exact same time, there's a uh, California Highway Patrol officer sitting in his car, right? He's probably like, ah, finally out of the station, totally socially isolated. I can be by myself. What a peaceful LA day. <gasps> Just a giant train goes derailing, shooting everything up. Ah! He freaks out. Now, he's sitting in his car, and he watched. I would love to see the dash cam footage of this thing, because we haven't seen any yet. There has, there was footage. There was footage from inside the cab and all that stuff, but the train derails. And he's, your first instinct is going to be accident. You're never going to think someone did this on purpose, right? Your first instinct, that was a 9-11 too. Remember, we were like, oh my God, what a tragic accident. Like, a plane crashed into the World Trade Center. That's horrible. And then, like, 40 minutes later, you're like, ah, hmm. The second one didn't seem like an accident. But so anyways, the point is, is that you think it's an accident first. And then he sees a guy jump out and start running away. So the cop goes, hmm, wait a second. If it was an accident, generally, I've seen a lot of accidents in my life from California Highway Patrol. Usually people don't get out of their car and go running unless they did something wrong at that accident scene. So the cop gets out and starts chasing him, catches him, arrests him. There's... No damage to the boat. 250 yards is quite a long way, right? That's two and a half football fields. Uh, American football fields. I don't know how big a soccer field is. And he catches them. There's a bunch of fuel everywhere, but nothing explodes. There's no giant uh, awesome explosion. No one is injured at all. And what happens is he gets arrested by the cops. The cops are like, yo, yo, yo. I don't think he got arrested. for. I don't think they're like, you, sir, you're under arrest. It was an accident. They detain him. He confesses. He says that he did it. And then he starts saying why he did it. So the cops called the feds. And the, this is the thing. This is really where I was getting to. I know there was kind of a long theater of the mind. Do you like that? Did you picture the dust from my amazing visuals? He's being charged with terrorism. He's facing 20 years in prison for this. Which I imagine he'll get at least half of that. Right now, everyone's real, like, if you spit on someone, you can get charged with terrorism. So, right now, everyone's kind of on edge. And not only the fact that he committed terrorism, but he tried, some people say he was trying to smash into the boat. He could have just been trying to draw attention to the area and get his his word out. But it almost seems to me that he was trying to smash the boat because he thinks something nefarious is going on. I don't know if he thought he would smash the boat and a bunch of, like, armed soldiers would spill out. Like, they're all crammed into it like a beehive. And then we'd realize that this was a military takeover, or we'd crash into the boat, and a bunch of Sprint phones would come out, and everyone's like, oh my god, it's 5G, it's real, it's real. Who knows? We don't know. He'd crash into it, a giant letter Q rolls out. We don't know. The point is, is that all of these conspiracy theories that we kind of laugh and talk about, 
Some people, this is a, a reminder, a constant reminder, that some people take this stuff super seriously. Like, there's different layers of it. I think there's people who use it just to get money. Who People who put out fake conspiracy theories 100% to get money. And then I believe there's a smaller amount of people who do it because they're actually trying to expose a truth. I think most people are in it for the money. I think most people are in it for the money. I think the second level down is LARPers. I think people who don't believe it at all, you find them all over the internet, they do it because they think it's funny. They like scaring people. They like tricking people. I think a good amount of the conspiracy theory community actually is talking about it ironically. But you don't pick up on that. I honestly believe that. And I think underneath that, you have the people who super believe in it. I think those would be the things. You have the people who make money doing it, so yeah, I think those are the different levels. I think most most conspiracy theorists are trying to figure out a way to monetize it in some way, in some fashion. And then you have a bunch of LARPers. And actually, that those two might kind of be blurred. You could have LARPers who are like, oh, this is a cash cow. Like, when I did my episode recently about um, is Ellen DeGeneres eating kids, it was one of my biggest episodes in months. Huge spike in downloads, huge spike in views. And whenever I do an episode about Kevin Spacey, it's always like double or triple the amount of my normal views. And I remember a long time ago when I first did an episode on Kevin Spacey, because that guy's so weird. Did an episode on Kevin Spacey and my viewership shot up completely. I remember that was kind of, that was early in the show. It was probably like the first six months of the show. I thought to myself, I could, at this point, cancel Dead Rabbit Radio, start a show where I unironically talked about this stuff. Like, I love conspiracy theories. I love discussing them. I think they're fascinating. But I don't believe them. I don't believe them. There are some that I do believe, but for the most, like, most of it, I think, is absolutely foolish. It's entertaining. It talks a lot about where we're at as a society. I find conspiracy theories as fascinating as other people find, like, fables or myths and things like that. I think they're modern-day mythology. But... I remember when that first Kevin Spacey video came out, I thought I could stop doing Dead Rabbit Radio right now or completely change my tone and talk about this stuff like it's 100% and I would make bank. I could actually make money doing this show if I talked about these conspiracy theories, talked about this Illuminati bloodline stuff as if it was true, knowing that it's not. I could make a ton of money because I obviously can obviously find those right keywords and stuff like that. I can, And I didn't. I remember th- I spent a weekend thinking about it and I go, you know, you could, you know, there's a void right now. Alex Jones is getting run out of the platform. That was, Yeah, it was a while back. I go, you could change up your show. I don't even think I spent a weekend thinking about it. I think I spent a night thinking about it and I thought I'd be miserable. I'd be miserable. I'd be putting too much bad stuff out into the world and um, you don't believe it. There are some conspiracy theories that I do believe and I've talked about those on the show, some of them. And, um, yeah, I was like, no, nah, I'd rather talk about I'd rather talk about Mormon Bigfoot and Popa Bawa and all sorts of nonsense. And then so, but I still get that when I do an episode like Is Ellen DeGeneres Eating Kids? Massive downloads. And of course, I'm sure most of those people were completely disappointed because I said no. Nope. So anyways, there are people out here who take this stuff so seriously, they're willing to um, injure other, injure themselves, definitely. But it's possible that, um, he could have uh, hurt someone else, right? So, but people believe in that. People knock on the doors of families of Sandy Hook, people, victims. People knock on the doors of people who had victims who died at the movie theater shooting in Aurora. 
You'll see people getting harassed because they don't believe your pet conspiracy theory. We'll see all sorts of stuff. People really, really buy into this stuff. And it's sad. This guy threw his life away. Threw his life away. 20 years. Even if he only got 10 um, because of a moment in time. He has a family, too. His wife started to go fund me and was like, I don't know what to do. This guy threw his life away and ruined his family. All the pain and suffering he has to put his wife in. Because he had a thing in his head about Dodger Stadium not reopening up. So, gotta gotta remember, there's a lot of entertainment value to this, but you can't take it seriously because, trust me, most of the people you think are taking it seriously are LARPing, and you may be getting tricked. Now, I think, actually, my audience, I think you guys are smarter than that. I think you guys have been like, yeah, you're checking your watch, you're like, dude, you've been preaching at us for five minutes, but I think you guys are pretty pretty savvy. You get the score. You know that this stuff is entertaining, and it's crazy people believe this stuff. Now... Talk about crazy belief. It's funny because all of that stuff. Now let's talk about a monster. Let's talk about this. Is going to be a long episode. Let's talk about a monster that may have may have eaten people. Now, now see again that stuff that I think is fine to believe in ghosts and monsters and UFOs and stuff like that because it doesn't really affect how you interact with other people. But if you have a conspiracy theory where X is the enemy, you are the bad guy because you're part of this Illuminati blood drinking cult that affects how you deal with other people or other groups of people or other religions, or cultures, or politicians, whatever. Whether or not you believe in ghosts really doesn't matter. So, let's go ahead. We're going to park the Jason Jalopy. We are now hopping in the Dead Rabbit rowboat. We're using all sorts of vehicles today. We are going to row, well, technically, you're going to row all the way from Los Angeles. We're headed out to Pensacola, Florida. Now, this was a request a long time ago from Andrew via Gmail. Long time ago. I think, <laughs> like, I think I was 40 episodes in. He's like, hey, man. Should cover this. Sorry it took me so long. I do find it fascinating. It just kind of got lost in my notes. It's March 24th, 1962. We're in Pensacola, Florida. There's a young man named Edward Brian McCleary. He's 16 years old, and he has four friends. We don't have their names, so I guess you can figure what happens to them. Now, they like to go diving. They're like, hey, let's do this boring thing. I never understood the idea of diving. Diving, I'd rather go caving, and I don't want to do that either. But diving is basically caving, but it's just all like... Think about it, like, diving is basically just digging in the earth. It's the same thing, except when you dig, like, let's say if I just laid on the ground and started digging with my hands. It's the same thing as swimming, right? And then you kind of like, it's fast, it's obviously faster to swim, because if you're like, hey, let's let's swim for 100 yards deep. And you'd be like, uh, can you go 100 yards deep? That's pretty deep. Anyways, it's the same thing. But it's just different substance. <laughs> you're like, Jesus. It's not even close to the same thing. Whatever, whatever hang-up you have about, what? Diving sucks. Why is this even a rant? I just don't like, I don't like swimming in general. Anyways, the point is, is like, so I'm already judging these guys. Edward... And his four friends, they take a raft out. Now, they're going to go diving. There's a battleship in the Pensacola Bay called the uh, USS Massachusetts. USS Massachusetts. And it was scuttled back in 1921. And they're doing this thing called skin diving, which I believe means they're wearing human skin while they do it. I don't think they have any scuba gear, right? Isn't that skin diving? They're just jumping in. So anyways, wee splash. And they're, like, swimming around the boat. Hey, look at this. Here's, like, this rusted part. No way, Billy, look at this. To be fair, they can't talk underwater. But 
I mean, yeah, you look down, oh no, this part's rusted, and then you come up and get some oxygen. Or maybe they had tanks. I don't know. I probably, I've been sitting on this story for a year, and I don't know basic facts about it. Doesn't matter. Anyways, they're swimming around, they're pointing out rusted stuff to their buddies, doing all this stuff. Now, a storm hits. That's rain. That's not a bunch of ants coming. And they're like, hey, let's get back on the raft, right? We should raft home. Now, I imagine it's like... <laughs> Again, I probably should have done some more research. Well, to be fair, this story is from 1962, so I don't think they had photos. But when they keep saying raft, I keep imagining it's like Castaway's raft. They took a bunch of twigs and twine and built this thing. But a raft I, can also be like one of those yellow inflatable things, which is probably was. Probably wasn't just like loose pieces of wood. But anyway, so they come back up to the raft. Now, they're sitting in the middle of the sea, really kind of in the middle of nowhere. They didn't scuttle this thing right next to the coast. And it starts to get dark. And the storm's still coming. So now they're like, okay, we should probably go back at this point, right? Probably shouldn't be swimming around this big hunk of junk. Let's go back. But then they see something in the water. Just kind of cutting lines through the already turbulent sea. What in the world was that? They see it again. All five teens are kind of peering into the darkness. It was described as, quote, It was like a telephone pole about ten feet high with a bulb on top. So it was basically this giant long neck. They could see a little bulb, supposedly the head. So basically what you would picture as a classic sea monster, like a Nessie, or like the Brontosaurus with flippers, whatever that thing was called, Brona flippers, kind of classic sea monster, right? That's what you think of when you see a sea monster. Now, you go, Jason, don't you hate sea monsters? And I do. I think they're super boring, and that's why I never talk about them. But not this one. This one's pretty dope. And it's coming, it's kind of cutting through the water. And as it's getting closer, they're kind of able to get a visualization on it. Skin was greenish-brown. It had a head like a sea turtle. And a mouthful of teeth. And you go, Jason, didn't you just say it was nighttime and there was a storm going on earlier? How are they getting such a good look at it? Because. Ah, the creature bites into one of the men. Ah, no, not me. I was hoping I would die less. And it pulls him underwater. Ah, 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 ah. The other four teens go, swim for the boat. Swim for the boat. Because they're like in this raft, right? You're not going to stand a chance. Now, there's like a giant mast. So where the boat crashed, where the USS Massachusetts got scuttled. There was like 26 feet of a mast sticking out of the ground. It, the, the boat's real. Whether or not any of these other details are, and we'll get into that in a second. The boat actually, I did check on that. There was boat actually was scuttled. I don't know if there's still 26 feet of metal sticking out of the bay. But anyways, so they jump out of the raft and they're swimming. They figure this thing's head is about 10 feet tall. This mast goes up 25 feet. We have a fighting chance. So they're swimming, swimming. And as they're swimming, <laughs> Eats another one. No! 
three teens swimming. One's dog paddling. He's not going to make it. No! Two teens left. Edward and his buddy, who his parents never even named. The poor kid, 16 years old, he never got a name. Monster eats him as well. Edward stays on the mast till sunrise. It's a big old boat coming by. Honk on their horn. If you couldn't tell. And Edward is rescued the next day. Now, he goes, he, he tells people the story that his four buddies were murdered one by one by this monster. And he was the only survivor. And later, one of his friends, his body was actually found Cause of death, drowning. So I don't know if they noticed the 52 large puncture marks in his side where the monster got him. Cause of death, drowning. At that point, he drew pictures of what the monster looked like, too. He sketched pictures of the monster. And at a certain point in his life, he just kind of stopped telling the story about this. Like, he told it, obviously. Hey, what happened to my son? Wasn't he hanging out with you yesterday? You got to tell the story then. But over time, he just clammed up about it. Didn't want to tell it anymore. Passed away in 2016. Thank you for the recommendation, Andrew. I really appreciate it. It does sound made up, right? There's a couple different things that are going on. The one thing is, this is not a completely obscure monster story, but it's also not super well-known. It's definitely dated. It was more well-known in the decades past. There's only one source of material of this story I could find. There have been articles written about it since where people are like, well, remember that story? So you may find articles in magazines or newspapers referencing it. But at the time, there was no newspaper. Four Pensacola boys found, like, gone missing. Four Pensacola boys gone missing. You know, a couple days later, boy found. Other three bodies never returned. You know, stuff like that. Really, the original source story was Fate Magazine. Fate Magazine. It was a magazine which is basically the... Equivalent of Dead Rabbit Radio back in the day, except far less skeptical. I think it would probably be more the equivalent of, say, Coast to Coast AM. It covered bizarre stuff, Fordian stuff, stories of the paranormal. I have a bunch of issues, actually. It's a pretty good magazine. But it, but the thing is, is like, you got to wonder about the editorial review of it. And, and the thing is, too, with a magazine that long in production... Sometimes they'll go through time periods where they actually have like a lot of true stuff. And then, you know, you kind of got to boost the sale numbers and stuff could get a little more iffy. So they could be going through their own Kevin Spacey moment back in a certain time period. And they're like, whoa, this article made a lot of money. This issue sold a bunch because we have this on the cover. Let's hype up this. Let's hype up this. So anyways, uh, you definitely have that. The only real original source of the story was Fate Magazine uh, in 1965. It was Volume 18, Issue 5. <clears throat> and it was an article written by Edward Brian McCleary. And it was called My Escape from a Sea Monster. Now, I wasn't able to find that original story because that's such an old uh, copy of that magazine. But short fiction? I mean, is it possible that this guy just simply wrote a short story, submitted it to Fate Magazine, and got it published, and then he talked about it for a while, and then eventually he goes, whoa, like, people actually believe in this thing? That's possible. Mm. It's, that's honestly more possible than 
four people going missing, getting eaten one by one, and there being no uh, police reports at the time, no news coverage at the time. Even the the Edward no, it even if you had four people go missing and Edward making these statements, that would be news at that time. We've covered a lot of stuff, a lot of like old news. Um, the story we did recently, the past two days about Aura Rains, like that was in the news. The guy just said, "Oh, I went on a UFO," and he that publishes the news twice. Such a great article, they republished it a couple months later. So you think when it would involve actual proof, people missing, body being found, that it would be covered. The thing I like about the story is that it's basically a bridge between the two. We have stories about cryptids. We have stories about monster sightings, right? And then we have stories about mysterious disappearances. You have those two stories all the time, the cryptid sightings and the mysterious disappearances. This story bridges them. And it directly connects a sea monster, a cryptid, to disappearances. The reason why they're not here is because this monster got them. Now, that's fascinating. Because I think a lot of people who do read about stuff like Missing 411, that's the idea that um, people go missing in national parks and there's a giant cover-up by the government because something's going on in the park. Some people believe it's Bigfoot. Some people believe it's some sort of cult. Some people believe it's some sort of demonic or interdimensional portal activity, stuff like that. It's basically whatever boogeyman you want is in the national parks. This story kind of exists in that realm. And it's not common. Surprisingly, these stories aren't very common. We don't have a lot of reports of people running out of the bushes being like, oh my God, everyone I just hung out with is dead. Bigfoot got him. This is super rare. And I think the reason why is because they'd be very, very easy to disprove. Very easy to disprove. If a story like that happened today, people would immediately start seeing, did anyone actually go missing from that town? But if people just go missing, like the Yuba County Five or Dyatlov Pass, where there's just mysterious deaths, you're able to assign that. When you have a witness come forth and say, it was a monster. It's either fake, and you can immediately disprove that, because there are no reports of missing people, or it's real. And we've never had a case of that. As far as I can tell, we've never had a case of someone running back to civilization and saying everyone I know was just killed by a monster and the authorities going out there and finding five mutilated people. Or just the people went missing completely and the person never changes their story. The monster showed up from the woods. It's funny that I say that because you would think that has happened, right? But is that just from the horror movies that we've watched like, it's kind of weird now that I say that. It's weird that this is the only time I've ever heard this story of five people go out, one person comes back and says a monster killed everyone else. I can't recall a, another story where there was a survivor from a monster attack. So this story, I mean, this story, it's possibly fiction because, again, we have no missing reports of these people. We don't even have their names. So we can do that background check. But it is terrifying. The implication is terrifying. Because then it does create that bridge. Whenever we have the people go, yeah, I saw something fly around my house. Saw this, I saw this, I saw a monster come in and try to take my kid. We talked about that. The Illinois Batman tried to steal a kid, but they didn't. See, if he had stolen the kid, we would have missing people reports and all this stuff. Tried to steal the kid. This story actually has that horror movie element. One survivor, monster kills the rest of them. And, really, then you have the horror movie element where no one believes them. 
Because here we are over 40 years later, 50 years later. And you still have me going like, I don't know if it's true. This is a story that my gut tells me isn't true. But it could be. It could be that just no one believed him. The only way he could get the story out was Fate Magazine. A magazine that ran stories on UFOs and creatures from beyond. So is it possible that there are monsters out there that are killing us? And if so, is it possible that someone could get away and tell us that story, even if we didn't believe it? Tell us that he was the only survivor, that all of his friends were killed. The fact that we don't have a lot of these stories tells me one of two things. One, they're fake, and most people know it would be really hard to carry on that fake for a long time. Or, they're rare. Because these creatures, these monsters, these cryptids, are hunters. And it is so rare when a victim gets away. They just keep hunting. People just keep disappearing. And they remain a myth. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. Twitter is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Be safe, be kind. I love you guys, and I will see you Monday. <laughs>